Hello, welcome to the Robot Dice Explosion podcast. I'm Ben. I'm Wally. And I'm Tony. You are. Hello. How is everyone doing? Yeah, good. I'm good, thanks. We're going to do that thing uh, that I do every time we do some kind of remote meeting like this and uh, pretend that we haven't already talked for about 10 minutes before we start recording. Um, so this week, uh, this week, pff, made that joke before. Three, three months? Huh? Three Wait, weeks. Months? It's three been weeks. three weeks since the last one was released. I've got one in the uh, in the hopper, which I'll put out, put out if I get a chance tonight, and then this one will go out in a week or so. Um, oh, okay. But I'm not going to say the date because I like to keep people guessing. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, this time we're going to just have a little catch up, really. Um, if anyone remembers the last time that we had Tony on the podcast, it was more of a sort of a general chat. Um, not a a singular topic, although I suppose it's going to be like, yeah, what have we been up to and how have we filled the time considering the world is apparently ending in a really, really mundane way for most people. Yeah, it's, very, it's a very passive death, isn't it? So far, yeah, like... It's all been a bit fucking surreal, I think. Like, I, a majority of people don't seem to have actually been touched by the like the tragedy of stuff. Not the like people I've spoken to. Um, my wife and I had uh, a couple of deaths in the family right at the start of all of this, but they were unrelated. Did mean we couldn't go to funerals or anything. Um, or rather, she did with like nine people there. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's it's been really. A little bit of a non-event for me who only time I really go out is when my wife persuades me we should or uh, on a Tuesday night when we're going to go and play games. Which is not happening at the minute. Which, so. That's the thing which is missing. Like I've, I've yeah. had to move back, work at home a little bit, but uh, that's taken a lot of little getting used to. Uh, but uh, I want to move on from the like deathly state of the world very quickly into how we filled the spare time that we've had as a result. Um, I guess for myself, I haven't really had any extra spare time because I can work from home. I've not been furloughed. Um, I'm self-employed. And the expectation is that you keep working as much as you can. And that's what I've done. Yeah. All your, I mean, well, you're posty, so you... Yeah, we, we, we're both key workers. So, I mean, my wife has been working from home two days a week, but that's yeah. literally the only change. Yeah, yeah, sure. My wife is a key worker as well. She's working from home and tries her mental. I can, you know, it took me four oh, years yes, working from home before I went crazy. Um, <laughs> I did go crazy, but uh, it took me a while. Uh, it took it took my wife, well, what, three weeks before she was climbing the walls. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, hopefully but she gets to go back in soon. one of the weird things I have a strength at because I'm, I due to various things I'm used to being confined to a very small area and anything outside that small area is very very dangerous <laughs> yes well I don't but have the me, danger part cabin of it is perfectly normal <laughs> I, I went to boarding school I'm quite content with uh, being stuck <laughs> in one place for quite a long time um, even though it was a bit fancy and there was plenty to do but uh, yeah well I remember the uniform so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, five hundred year old uniform, yellow socks, woolen breeches, horsehair mattresses, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, sounds lovely. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, I, I guess like for me, hobby wise, uh, 
the, the big expectation i think for most people who are into toy soldiers and uh, painting miniatures and so on it's like oh we've got all this extra spare time um let's paint all our armies uh and like i say for me i, I haven't had any extra spare time in fact i've probably worked a little bit more because i've had to do extra work in the evening stuff because when i've been looking after uh, our son uh so i've painted two miniatures since since all this started and i think that was in the first oh, two well weeks done. so that's a big improvement I've, fuck I've, you i mean <laughs> i've painted i've painted twice as many as you have been well no, that is an achievement <laughs> yeah I start, I, i've started painting some cults but yeah i Bushido, yeah. yeah i started and i didn't get that far um because again like i don't actually have extra spare time in fact i'm probably doing more stuff in the evenings at the minute than i'm usually doing yeah um well you okay so i'm just going to look up what my score for the year on so i've actually painted what 51 miniatures this year which for me oh. is actually really good um but, That's uh, way more than I've painted. <laughs> <laughs> the two miniatures that I painted were both for Arena Rex uh, after after lockdown started, I think. Um, the lion and the uh, say, rhino, um, and I like I really like tried to push a little bit further on them because they're they're not like obviously they're natural miniatures, so like you know a real world thing. Yeah. So I'm normally like really cartoony um when i when i paint uh so i tried to sort of put a lot of time into those two. Oh, and i painted it looks like i painted some spaceships as well for uh shattered void oh yes i remember i was talking about that yeah yeah little spaceship game so i'm looking forward to playing that as well um but yeah that then then i just stopped i just stopped paint, painting miniatures and i'm not really sure why uh i i've sort of played more video games honestly uh, and even then, it's like maybe an hour or two a week of Red Dead Redemption 2, which I finally unwrapped. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing... I've been playing a lot of board games, actually. So you've been doing a lot games. of remote, remote play, haven't you? Yes, we we do board gaming every Friday now. It used to be once a month, and now mm. it's every week. Yeah. And I've been doing a bunch of um, uh, the Cthulhu LCG. Yeah, on on tabletop, on table, tabletop simulator. Yes. Uh, right. Oh, I didn't know how is that you... working out? Because I've heard good things. It's really good, actually. I bought uh, tabletop simulator when it was on sale, and have not even I've installed it. I haven't opened it. It's actually very. It's. <laughs> it feels quite resource hungry. Like okay. hardware. Yeah, well, the the laptop, our laptop have issues starting the Cthulhu mod, for instance. Like, it'll right. load most of it, and then it'll just crash. Oh. But, I mean, the laptop is not new, so... I think the trouble you've got is it's a framework tabletop simulator rather than being an actual, um, like, a, a game designed to do a specific thing uh, yeah. efficiently. So, I yeah, think yeah, you're it, probably going to... It's, it's just not very polished in that way, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, aside from that, it's actually quite a nice piece of kit. Uh, you can do a whole bunch of things in it. Um, yeah, well, of course, there's a Bushido mod on there, which I completely failed to play. I, I think, I mean, we we talked about this, I think, a little bit before. Yes. I've, that, like, I've, I'm, I'm just not sure that I like playing games 
digitally. Virtually. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love video games, but they're a different thing. Um, um, I mean, so we've been doing me. a lot of the Asmodee board games and stuff like that, mm. which actually have very nice digital implementations by and large. Yeah, I've seen a lot of them. There's a lot of, uh, I don't know, uh, what would you call it? Polish. Yeah. Production um, value. Yeah, so so that's very nice. Uh, like Ticket to Ride, Lords of Water Deep. Uh, I have Terraforming Mars as well, which is very good implementation, yeah. actually. Um, well, Isle of Sky. You, you, and, like that. you and I have played a couple of games uh, with our uh, with our other halves. Um, yes. And the way we've done that is basically one of us has the board and runs the game. And then uh, there's a webcam set up so we can see, you know, both couples can see one yeah. another. Um, and that worked quite well. The first time we did it, you guys hosted uh, Camel Up. Yes. And that was fine because we could see like where we were on the board. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's not then, a lot of fine detail needed in Camel Up. Yeah, yeah. And we don't have a copy of that. So uh, that, that worked fine. The second time we did Pandemic, which yes. uh, we hosted. And you guys just oh, had... We've oh, no, done, we've done we've Pandemic done twice, haven't we? Twice, yeah. yeah. But this was the basic game because we we played uh, the legacy games, uh, the two legacy seasons together. Uh, but this was just like back to the basic game, started from scratch. We lost the first game, of course. <laughs> um, but that that worked quite well with just like both of us having the board set up, yeah, and then uh, the host just handling all the cards. And it means that the let's call them guests are then like taking the cards out that are. You know that the get the hosts are saying that they draw, yeah, and 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 you, you, you all know where you are. Um, that worked really well. I it's weird that I'm more up for doing that where we've got a physical board game in front of us than I am for going, <laughs> oh, yeah, let's let's uh open something up on Steam and like try and bring up a webcam as well and play it on the computer, even though it would probably be more efficient. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know why I, I'm I'm weirdly broken in some way. Yeah, I mean, we we have a we have a teams meeting running, so there's video of everyone, and then we certainly have the the game on a separate screen. Yeah, we might have to try that. We were talking about doing that on Terraforming Mars, weren't we? But uh, yes, if you buy Terraforming Mars, then uh, you can only have one person playing that. Yeah, Mars. Steam Steam will lock you out if someone else starts it. So, like. Kaz and I couldn't play on one copy, so we'd have to buy two copies, and she'd have to yes. resurrect a Steam account from like two thousand. Um, so I think I mean, there is a tabletop simulator version of that. So yes. might be able to do something there. But again, you probably need to have two copies of tabletop simulator. Uh, um, if you want to run it on two different computers, yes, but you might not have to. Yeah, I'll have, I'll look into that. We were going to buy Terraforming Mars, and we might be able to like play it like that you might get some duplication of cards but there are so that, many cards in that, that game sort of doesn't matter i, I don't think. think it matters no um but yes yeah, so yeah. tony have you, have you been playing any uh any board games or anything like that digitally or Not remotely but um i've been playing a few board games with the family and i uh tried to teach my son warhammer Forty Thousand because we collected all the conquest magazines and yeah fair, fair. three months yeah. to try it out um, yeah, how's that going? It's, it's it's not the worst way to try and learn that game. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, arguably, it should be the best way for a, for a kid. So, how old how old is he now? Eight. Eight. 
Yeah, mm. so that's, I mean, yeah. I remember when I worked at Games Workshop, 11 was the age we were meant to, like, accept them being in the stores, but the amount of, like, nine-year-olds coming along with their brother or whoever, like, um, we got that quite a lot. So uh, seems like a good age to start. Tony appears to have frozen. Okay, uh, we'll give, a little bit. Give it a minute, see if he comes back. And I'm back. And yes. he's back. Excellent. Not, uh, not too sure what happens there. That does occasionally happen. Very sorry. That's fine, <laughs> mate. I can either edit it out or, let's be honest, not bother. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so I don't know what you caught of me saying that, Tony, but basically when we when I worked at Games Workshop, 11 was what we were meant to deal with, but uh, we, we often got younger siblings coming in. And nine sure. was like the age where they started really grasping it. So if you're doing like one-on-one with you know your own son eight seems like a pretty good starting point yeah it's it's not been too bad it's um a lot of him is getting to memorize sort of rules and uh yeah trying to think about it's it's, it's a little bit of education about some really basic math stuff as well yeah Hmm. i mean that's really good i mean there's no tables anymore there's no uh, none of that but uh or is there? I can't not, not I played stage, 40k. No. I played like three games of this edition of 40k and then I just haven't gone back to it. And, um, and now it's completely irrelevant because uh well <laughs> I, yeah, but let's face it, this eighth it's edition not gonna change will be that much. seven no wait, this ninth edition will be eight point five, won't it? Um yes. I mean there's probably yes. a fair argument that we've had first edition, second edition, then like third was third. Third was different enough from second, wasn't it? Oh, third, is a, third is a completely different game. But then fourth was basically third, but polished. Am I? Am I right? Yeah, so pretty yes. much. I'm, I missed out on first again. It feels to me yes. like uh, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh were all iterations on the basis that have been created with third. I. Mean, uh, oh, well, it depends where you alienate it because. Um, Sixth and seventh, I think, are their own thing. Uh, primarily, okay. uh, well, sixth only lasted a year. Did it? <laughs> I, I, someone, someone will tell me I'm wrong, and that's fine. It's the internet. I mean, um, you often are. Yeah. Well, notoriously so. <laughs> uh, but it was, it was the shortest-lived version because there were too many loopholes in the rules. Interesting. That's, I, that I seems don't unlikely. Remember. Um, that, and would, that seven, would have been when I was working at Games Workshop as well, I think. Like sixth <laughs> must have come in towards the end. Oh, okay. Um, and seventh introduced uh, super heavy vehicles as a army normal. Yeah. Seventh was thing, the so. like the notorious uh, mm, demons. Roller six and kill, wasn't it? Sure. So there yeah. were many issues. Yeah. Six, yeah. Sixth, sixth edition is 2012. Seventh is 2014. So okay. like so like a year and a half something like Maybe. that. Yeah. Yes, I, I remember it wow. being a well. It had the same starter set. That's how close they were together. Wow. Okay. My memory of this, I mean, is is pretty poor. Uh, my memory of a lot of things is pretty poor, honestly. So, like, I yeah, I did play a tiny bit of seven for a couple of games, and I was it was it was too. I don't know. It took took too long, honestly. Um, Eight seemed like a good, like a step in the right direction, but with some really daft choices, and really quickly got too complicated. I couldn't, I couldn't be bothered with force organization charts. They just, I looked at it, and it's like, 
I can't be bothered to figure this out. Um, you know, I know you can just pick yeah. one and carry on, but that whole optimization of command points and stuff was... Uh, well, it's interesting I you lost interest that, in that. Well, it depends if you want to jump into the 8th Fed proposed changes now or uh, at a later stage. Might as well, we're not, we're not structuring this too much. I would like to talk more about uh, your experience of uh, getting Joseph uh, playing, but we can go back to that. Like, uh, I'm not really too bothered. So, yeah, talk, talk about the changes. Oh, no, we, we, can talk... carry on. we can carry on for that. Okay, let's talk about Joseph for a little bit longer. So, well, yeah, you, you said that, like, he's enjoyed it. Have you had any problem with, like, attempt keeping his attention um i think the um the conquest team or whoever wrote the magazines and the mission structure each mission is basically a tutorial yeah and has a lovely little bit of um narrative uh fiction beforehand about um all, all the tutorial missions start with trying to uh oh, sorry it starts with the death guard trying to board a ultramarine strike cruiser and okay. a lot of it is attacks and counterattacks, and um, heroes being cut off, and then the poxwalkers uh, are deployed because that's the crew that have been infected and suddenly come back to unlife. That's really cool. All these things. So, so uh, you get um, there's one mission where you get the uh, Lieutenant Cassius, who's the yeah. special edition miniature only available with the magazine. And he has to fight his way through uh, twelve poxwalkers and get to uh -huh. the other border. And I say a board edge, it's half a kill team board. Okay, sure. Hmm. Uh, it's not a, a huge size. No. Um, and the first time he, he tries to play, he... Uh, he um, can you play it wrong? Well, he didn't learn anything, so let's say yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Um, so um, he... he the, the lieutenant has a bolt pistol uh, and he, he stays just out of range of the poxwalkers trying to shoot them off the board. Okay. And that doesn't work because yeah. then it gets it gets around five and if he's not off the board edge, then you lose. So he was a bit timid, a bit sort of afraid to get stuck in. Yes. So, Interesting. You know, we, we, we wrapped the game there and it was like, you know, okay, so what you, what you did wrong there was you didn't think like a hero. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this time we'll, we'll go through it again. Think like a hero, and begin with the end in end in mind, which is get your get your hero off the board. Remember that you have all these rules, so you can you can run up, you can run out of combat. You don't need to kill any poxwalkers. You can yeah. win this game without killing anything. Uh, and we we ran it through again, and he he won in three turns. Nice, nice. Yeah, there's an interesting psychological thing going on there, isn't it? Like kids. It takes a long time for kids to learn how to lose and be okay with it. And so I guess like the fear of the immediate, like getting your model killed is an immediate loss. It's an immediate threat. Whereas in five turns, the game ends because something explodes or whatever. That's a less immediate threat. So they don't necessarily think about it straight away. I wonder. Yeah, it's... Um... Yeah, child psychology is a yeah whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've almost got a two-year-old, um, so uh, <laughs> get <yeah>. it. <laughs> um, although um, um, we we have been playing World of Warships. Yeah, which is, my, oh, yeah. is the only computer game I've really played. Well, no, that's yeah. not true. It's the only one I've played a lot. Sure. Um, and he proper rage quits in that because he doesn't <laughs> understand. 
Uh, sorry, I had a random notification there. Um, yes, he he, try, he he doesn't seem to understand the battleship is um, the motto is not uh, drive me closer so I can hit them with my sword. <laughs> yeah, that that does not work in that game. <laughs> it does not work. What you do is you find some very friendly destroyers who have lots of torpedoes, and you get a game over screen really quickly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'll that'll end the game very fast. Yeah, um, I, I try, trying to explain to him like the guns that are on the back of the ship, they can't fire through the superstructure in the front turrets. <laughs> so you have to slide on to fire. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't sail in straight lines directly toward what you want to kill. <laughs> that, yeah. that took some yeah. learning. That's interesting, isn't it? These things that would just seem so intuitive actually aren't. <laughs> At least but, yeah, he's, um, yeah. he's, 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 he's learned that one over a couple of months. So, yeah. Um, very interesting seeing how people are getting into the hobby. Even if it's obviously my child and he doesn't have a choice. Oh, yeah. yeah. Indoctrination is the way that I'm going to go. So, oh, yes. with this, like, this developing narrative in the, uh, the missions, in the, like, the, this, I can't remember what you call it, conquest, isn't it? Um, yes. Has there been any, any sort of excitement from him for, like, oh, what's going to happen next time? Or is it just like, oh, what no. are we doing now, Daddy? You know? Um, he seems to get a little bit more into the painting side of it. We haven't actually played it for over a month. Okay. Um, I, I can't imagine that you're doing We Only Play When You've Painted. I am trying to stick to that because you know, if, <laughs> if I lie to him long enough, it might become ingrained. Um, but he, he does. I'm actually looking at it now. He has painted 90% of it. Nice. You've, been, you've actually you've started a Twitter account for him, haven't you? You've been posting have, up his yeah. his paint jobs on there. Um, I yeah, I follow. Uh, yes, yeah, really, really good for an eight year old. I mean, it doesn't surprise me because you know you're there with the the whip. <laughs> <laughs> That's how child services get involved, you know. <laughs> paint within the lines. <laughs> no, he's uh, but he, he he can get a little bit. Well, I think since this whole, this whole thing started, um, I think most kids are getting a little bit um, neurotic. Maybe that's wrong. Like anxious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he, he's really beating himself for minor little things, not even just like, generally in life. Um, okay. Because, you know, he, he's stuck in the four walls all day. He's only got two other people to talk to. And we're not so I was, was going to say, like, you, he, uh, I, I guess your wife's been homeschooling. We've been trying our best, yes. I mean, I, yeah, I've done totally. like, yeah, the idea. I don't know that, if I've thought him anything. <laughs> I, I wonder, like, I think teachers were fairly appreciated before, but I wonder if uh, if there's going to be a whole new level of appreciation for what, what teachers do <laughs> oh, now that so are, many parents have had to do enough. it. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so he's he's been he's been stuck at home. We've been lucky enough because my wife is. Uh, a key worker and our nursery stayed open for key workers that um after the two weeks where we had to do isolation uh it's sort of been business as, as normal for him uh i mean obviously he's two so it's a little while away from learning the hobby that's uh, he's not even two yet feels like it <laughs> oh well okay anyway um yes 
Cool. So, yeah, I mean, should we talk about 40K now? Let's talk about ninth edition 40K. Yes. yes. So, okay. a little bit of background quickly, not on 40K, people don't need that, but but on us. Like I say, I, I, I bought eighth, played a couple of games, um, but didn't really get grabbed by it. Uh, there were a lot of extra bolt-ons and stuff for me, but I've played 40K since fourth edition. I did play some second when I was in school. Um, all you haven't played for ages, have you? I've played, I mean, I started in second and played yeah. until fifth or sixth edition, I think. Okay. Uh, okay. And then I've played a handful of games in total since then. I feel like we both probably played some, uh, like, uh, what was it, Combat Patrol stuff at the club. A yes, of yes. I've tried ver- points or whatever. Tried various small versions of it. Yeah, yeah. And Tony, you've been much more into it than, than both Ol and I um, until yeah, so the I mean, last I, few I, years. Um, yes, I started with second edition and played it through until the start of seventh. Yeah. Um, it got a little bit silly and I stopped. Sure. Um, I, tried, I tried again in eighth. Um, unfortunately, the silliness ramped right back up again. And again, yeah. I, I, um, uh, saying that I still painted, what, two, three armies for it? <laughs> Had had a few negative play experiences um, and decided it wasn't for me. Yeah, that's that's probably a whole topic there, isn't it? Like the hmm, it's also it's a difficult topic that the whole uh, what the community can be like because I've had a couple of bad competitive play experiences with forty k that I haven't really had with other things um turns out if the community is bigger there is a higher likelihood that you'll that that some of them won't be very nice yeah i don't think it's about the game but i think also um tony and i've talked about this a little bit before because tony you fell off uh 40k but you've remained pretty strong on age of sigma um throughout its its lifetime um until perhaps a couple of months before uh, before lockdown. Um, yes, yes, that's right. And that, as a community, that's quite different to the feel of 40K, even for me as a bit of an outsider. Um, and I've always wondered if that's to do with the like, the forced reset that, that it's essentially had. Do you go, okay, oh, yeah. we're, we're killing off fantasy. Here's a different game, essentially. I mean, we're, we're going to segue into an entirely different I mean, topic. This is the thing. I think this is... Like, that's fine. I think it's a, it's a really difficult topic to talk about without uh, feeling like you're attacking people. Um, yes. So, I mean, what, what I am prepared to or say... Or tiring everyone with one brush. I don't want to do that. Uh, I don't think anyone would disagree with this, but it's the internet, so I'm prepared to be wrong again. <laughs> we um, don't have that many listeners, mate. Most of them yeah. are here for Shido anyway, so um, don't worry about it. When they hit the big reset button, um, people who were generally positive and enjoyed the community and weren't too fast, you know, as long as they want to push something with a dragon mm. on the base around. They weren't too bothered about what happened. They sort of, it's called the Faithful in Age of Sigma. Um, okay. <laughs> um, that's the whole thing. Anyway, um, yeah, sure. so the, the hardcore of um, the OS community is the old fantasy battle community. And then a lot of other people who now inhabit the old world forums yeah. on Facebook, a yes, difficult group to <laughs> deal with, and I will avoid. 
um, they went and did their thing. And I think you, it self-selected the, the much more yeah. positive. It, I mean, mm. it's fine. And it's it, interesting that the Squarebase community has stayed on. You've obviously had the Ninth, uh, ninth Age project, uh, but I know people who still play Eighth, eighth Edition Fantasy. Yes. It's actually one of the interesting things where in a couple of Facebook groups I'm on, which are like really small, quite local groups, where people are getting very excited about the reintroduction of Warhammer's old world as a as a game, like the Horus Heresy, essentially, um, by mm. Forge World. And to me, like, people saying, oh, we can play this again. We can play our old square base again. And I, I've always thought, of, like, it's really weird. You've got eight books you could play through. I mean, let's face it, the first couple, maybe not. But, like, the old books haven't gone anywhere. Well, no, it's and um, you know there were there were plenty of, I mean, Kings of War basically just swept in and stole most of the players. Yeah, sure. Um, it's oh no, it's not the same game. I'll, I will be fair. It's a it's a different take on the same game. It's aimed at the same market, but it yeah. does its own thing. I, I mean, that's that's Mantic, essentially. Yeah. You you. You look at a lot of their products. You just go, well, you're you're aiming to you're targeting people who are playing certain Games Workshop games, but you are coming at it uh, from a different di direction. So it's true of Warpath and uh, Dread Dreadball. Yes. Dread yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, the worst experience I had with the old fantasy battle community that did not accept AOS was a thing was Salisbury. Um, oh, is this the old club was, at Salisbury? Yes, it's now um, disappeared. Uh, but effectively run out of town for trying to play Age of Sigmar. Which yeah, I remember you saying that it wasn't I was well received. <laughs> that's, that's just weird, by the way. I, I I still struggle to come to terms with it. It's such an odd thing to have happened. It is interesting the passions that get aroused around uh, around, especially GW in this hobby. I think because people have been around for so long, and because so the core products of GW didn't change that much. Like we were saying, third edition, fourth, fifth, sixth, but they all seemed like iterations. So people feel you know. Because they were there early on, maybe I don't know. Yeah, there is yeah. a definite sense of entitlement. Yeah, and maybe like an aversion to change sometimes. But then I also I see some people who I know who are really into forty k, super psyched about ninth edition and the changes in that. So obviously you can't tar everyone with one brush. Um, no, but I, I guess again, like all said, there's so many people in these communities that. Even like a fairly out of left field uh, attitude can can snowball. You can get a lot of people following that. Uh, yeah, train of thought, I guess. So, like ninth itself um, seems like an iteration on eighth. Uh, got some new models. Yeah, they've been very keen to push that aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. No, so, I don't think have that you makes been sense. watching any of the preview um, oh, stuff on I, Twitch? I haven't, no. Um, I've, I've been reading some stuff, but I haven't watched anything. I'm not good with video. Yeah, I've read some of the Warhammer community stuff. Uh, uh, and then I sort of gathered from people's reactions, uh, what, you know, the import of these various changes. 
but I, I will give it a go. I, I will always give 40k a go. I love the setting, uh, however daft it is, probably because of how daft it is, to be honest, uh, oh. and how it still takes itself seriously. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because um, I did raise it one of one of the points I had against 40k uh, in sixth and seventh was that 40k armies didn't look like 40k armies. Well, they just didn't look like armies. I, I've seen a couple of people playing uh, at the club, and I don't know how many points people are playing, you know, let's say 2,000, whatever. And you've just got like, what is it, three corn battle engines? The Is it Lord of Skulls or whatever? whatever. Lord of Skulls, yes. Yeah. yeah. You've got three of those, and then like a couple of other things. Uh, it, yeah, it doesn't look like an army. Yeah, Chaos Marines. Uh, Chaos Marine army with no Chaos Marines in it. Well, because for what I understand, thing. it's not worth taking the Chaos Marines compared to the rest of the stuff available. Uh, no, it... so <laughs> carry on. Well, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Uh, like I say, like when I was doing, when I said we'd introduce ourselves into, like as far as our knowledge of forty k at the moment, none of us have been playing eighth for ages. So uh, all my takes are like what I've observed from other people. And I might have been misinterpreted stuff. But the, um, yeah, the, I mean, so there's a new box set and uh, it takes a bit of a different direction aesthetically to the two armies that are in it. Uh, only slightly, but it's noticeable, noticeable. Like the Necrons have a bit more of a horror vibe maybe to them. There's a bit, it's sort of stepping slightly outside of the design envelope they've occupied before. Um, not heavily, and I don't think it, I mean, like with the Primaris, the, the, the reintroduction of like grimdark aesthetic onto the Primaris models, which hasn't been there with a majority of them. Well, yes, um, they did um, explain the design choices a little bit there because they wanted in the eight fed starter set and all the Primaris, they wanted like a baseline. Yeah. Everyone to get used to the silhouettes and the shapes. Hmm. And then this edition, they're going to look more at the ostentatious part of it the crusading aspect yeah i mean for from my point from my point of view i really liked the, the the initial primaris i liked how the grimdark had been toned down you know there was only one skull usually somewhere on a model um, <laughs> rather than like 14 yeah and it actually took me a moment to process the new ones that have so much more grimdark in them um but i mean i'm gonna buy it they've got new bikes i've always i've been waiting for new bikes for ages i produced some new wheels because i hated the old the old wheels on the space marine bikes because they're basically square um, and they were the same as all wheels well yeah there's there was a, an efficient choice production wise for them but yeah you, you look at them you're like well that's never going to turn the corner admittedly like we probably shouldn't discuss too much like how realistic anything is uh when it comes to spaceway vehicle design uh it's not all of course discussion done <laughs> yes. who cares who cares i mean, I, mean so, I could argue about firearms in 40k and that that's a whole oh so there's this whole thing there's this theory that um a friend of ours has that uh I'm going to give it a name. He never gave it a name, but it's basically the um, the Fast and the Furious rule. So you look at the Fast and the Furious <laughs> movies. Past the first okay. Fast and Furious movie, things get progressively sillier uh, to the point in the last one that I saw, which isn't the last one, they drive a car from one skyscraper to another. 
Yes. Um, <laughs> and, you know, fine. Uh, because those movies, in the first 10 minutes, they normally do like a Bond-like, you know, thing at the beginning, right. a set piece mm. at the beginning, then it's like late title card, and then we get into like your family. Um, but it sets its rules in that first 10 minutes. It goes, look, this is the dumb shit that you're going to see. <laughs> Sit back and enjoy it. And 40K is that for me. It's full yeah, of dumb that, shit, that but it's fun. And I enjoy it. Uh, yeah, I enjoy I mean, it less than I used to. Some of it annoys me more. <laughs> but that's, most, that's mostly background related. It's less the miniatures. Sure. I think oh, I, it's I, an absolute mess now. <laughs> I don't, oh, I haven't I, even kept up, but some of it just makes me want to rage at them because it's just dumb. <laughs> but that's fine. I, I just need to sort of go like, okay, that's fine. Never mind. I don't. I don't think I care enough to get annoyed about about it. Like, the, I fell off the Horus Heresy novel series, uh, but the Heresy is the stuff that I really enjoyed. Like when I was a kid, picking up these little snippets in the White Dwarfs and so on. Um, I've never cared about that at all. I think it's simply that I was reading snippets in White Dwarf when I was like 10 and 11. Like, I and think so it formed this mythology in my head rather than a narrative. I think it's a great sort of starting point. And I think like about half a page of text about it is fantastic. Aside yeah. from that, I don't actually want there to be more. Interesting. It's just I not relevant. I think because it was written so early on, there's a lot of stuff which is very, well, very early on in Games Workshop's writing uh, career, oh, yeah. let's say. So you've got lots of things like Lion L. Johnson uh, being yeah. Lionel Johnson and, you know, uh, and what Korak saying Nevermore and, and things like that. You know, you've got lots of just straight up rip-offs of other things or yeah. you know, paying homage to, let's say. Uh, which you get less of in 40k as opposed to 30k. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I think it's Are a great foundational uh, myth. But, yeah, I was just saying. I think it's a great foundational myth, but I'd quite like it to stay as a myth, and then they can go off and do more interesting things with "quote unquote" current 40k. So it's sort of the focus on it has I thought was annoying. Okay. I mean, it's always sort of been there as an ancillary thing uh, when they when they introduced the heresy, like the novels and so on. Um, there's always this danger where you start fleshing out what is essentially like a, a myth and a legend in a game or in a, any narrative mm. into something which is uh, set in stone, actual fact. Yeah, yeah. So that, um, I think that's been the danger with the heresy stuff. But like I say, I fell off it. Uh, Tony, I'm. Um, I'm of two minds of this because because um, of um, a certain announcement by Games Workshop um, about equality and diversity or inclusion. Oh, a um, can of worms here. Okay, um, well, well, I'll keep it short and sweet. Um, but there are, there are a <laughs> lot of opinionated people who seem to think that a piece of fluff text made up by someone 30 years ago um, is their justification that a certain type of person cannot be a stationary. Oh, it's fantastically yeah. retconned by Games Workshop going, we totally made it up and we'll do whatever we want. Because the moment yes, we the, in a book, it's true. The enshrinement of canon by fans yes. is weird. And I don't I don't contain that just to Games Workshop products. 
in everything. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, yeah. They, 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 I think it's very strange. When, when you've got people going, oh, Thor can't be a woman. Oh, and you're like, well, Marvel, who wrote Thor as a superhero from the start, says that she is. So maybe just get the fuck over it because like, they set the rules. Um, it's the same with GW. They've, they've retconned a bunch of stuff that is not triggering to, uh, to you know, these... Yes, this, yes. This, is the point, this is the point that grips me, is um, people hang on to these things that were written in first and second edition hmm. um, and use it as their shield against any sort of change that might upset their worldviews, unless it's a really cool model. So <laughs> no, one kicked off, no one kicked off that Centurion suits were a thing. They look stupid as hell. Apparently, they've always been there because Games Watch have said so. No one cared. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that that's what I have to say about that sort of aspect of this of uh, the community, you know, who yes um, will not be missed. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I it's hmm, yes. So I think sometimes we forget we 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 talk about fans as usually a positive thing, or like people use it as a gatekeeping thing. And I think it's important to remember that the word fan is like, it's a shortened version of fanatic. And that's not a good thing. Mm. You take it too far, you know, like, I don't know. It's, it's great that people care about the games and, and the ways that we escape our, the mundanity of daily life. But to start getting arsy because all of a sudden there's a, I don't know, a female space marine or a person who is not white as a space marine, except for the salamanders, which is a whole can of worms. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, like this, this isn't the topic for today. And I, I'm, I'm reluctant to really deep dive into it because. Uh, no, no, that's fine. I, I just wanted to have my little tea. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. It's, uh, oh, Tony's frozen again. Oh, you uh, sent me a photo. Yes. <laughs> oh, Tony's awesome. back. Hello. Right. Sorry about that. No, it, 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 it was a, it was a relevant photo. I, I was sort of hoping it would be shown in the chat, but it wouldn't. Oh, I have to click to open the chat, and then I have to click the link, um, and then I get a four four error. <laughs> <laughs> First time using Zoom for the uh, for the podcast. This is uh, successful. And um, quickly before we move on from from that topic. Uh, so I've just started listening to a podcast which popped up, um, oh, I think a month or something back. Uh, it's called Precinct Omega. Uh, the guy who does it, it's just one dude. He basically, I've listened to two episodes and he goes through the news at the beginning uh, of releases in the miniatures world. He deliberately excludes Games Workshop because I don't think they need highlighting, you know, so talks about like independent producers and so on, and then goes on to talk, you know, on a subject that may be relevant to the releases or has just sort of struck him. And I think in episode four, he does talk about uh, all the stuff that's been going down recently and it's, uh, and how it interacts with our hobby. Uh, so he's a braver man than I, and uh, I'm looking forward to listening to that. Uh, he did a really good, his episode two was about uh, third-party manufacturers for Games Workshop miniatures and people also who just produce replacement miniatures, which of course to me was 
of interest because I basically produce aftermarket parts. Uh, whereas he was more talking about complete replacement parts. Uh, you know, if you go and buy a model which is basically a space marine from another manufacturer, how what are the ethical and moral implications for that and so on? Yeah, and legal okay. as well. So yeah, he he, he sort of uh, covers like pretty briefly and on his own uh, some topics like that. So he's worth a listen. People should uh, just go and have a look. Exactly. And precinct called, Omega. Precinct Omega. Yeah, he's on Twitter. Okay. Um, he was also he's written a couple of uh, games uh, one of them just came out called Zero Dark which is a 28 mil like skirmish game uh, but the one that really grabbed my attention was uh, Horizon Wars uh, which is his previous game uh, and that's like a, a mech game for 2 to 10 mil but Ooh. there's some really cool mechanics and it's pretty stripped back it was, it was published by Osprey uh, and there is a sort of, there's a suggested setting, but it's just like, use what miniatures you want, go for it. There's no weapon profiles, there's, you know, there are some special rules, but it's pretty stripped back. And uh, yeah, I'm going to pick that up and Ollen and I should give it a go. I don't know if Tony, you might, when we see one another again. I'm, I'm looking at his uh, page for Horizon Wars right now. He has some neat stuff on there, actually. Yes, yeah, so uh, he's partnering with a guy in the States to do... Uh, Lots of tanks. Hard. Oh, yeah, he's got a bunch of tanks on there, but I think someone is partnering... Yeah, it's called Hard War. So it's Horizon Wars Hard War. is like a... He, he's saying it's not a second edition of Horizon Wars, but it just it takes it a little further with some more like special rules so you might start introducing like weapon profiles in a way and things like that but it's like a different way to play but cool. i i watched a couple of like uh playthroughs of uh, uh the original horizon wars and uh yeah for some reason i was uh, i was really interested um so i'm going to be picking that up another game that i will play once or twice a year no doubt but yeah. has some interesting dice mechanics and you know i'm a sucker for dice mechanics yeah, i was gonna say we, we, we love a good dice mechanic yeah <laughs> Um, well, while we're on it, I'm going to say what the dice mechanic is. So the whole game is done. With, <laughs> the whole game is d12s. My favourite die. And he likes to work in base twelve because we measure in base twelve effectively as well, so twelve inches. Yeah. Uh, and when the, the the shooting mechanic, which is the only thing I'm going to talk about, uh, probably, is you you measure the range to the the miniatures that you're shooting at. And that is your target number. So okay. if something is 10 inches away, you need to get 10s. So you roll your, mm. let's say, five dice. And you can add dice together to make the number that you need. Uh, okay. Any 12 you roll, if it is part of a successful hit, is a critical. Uh, so if the target number was 14, you rolled a 12 and a 2, that's a crit. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The defending unit, if they're in cover or whatever, or there, I think it might be their armor, something like that. Uh, that can add to your uh, target number. So you could be ten inches away, but they could be like defense or whatever it's called, three. So then the target number is thirteen. They could also be in cover, so now it's target number sixteen. Um, so anyway, you do your roll, you add the numbers together. They then get like a defense roll. They might roll three dice. And any die that they roll, which equals one of your dice, removes both those dice. Interesting. So if you rolled a 12, a 3, a 2, and a 5, they rolled a 3 and a 5, then your 3 and 5 go away. 
and then what happens is any hit subtracts one from one of the target unit's stats and the owning per player decides which. So if you're hunkered down in a building, you go, well, I'm just going to keep on hitting my movement. I don't care. Just keep my movement zero. I don't care. I'm just sitting in this building. But if you get a crit, then you get to choose what stat gets reduced. And to me, that's just elegant, simple. And, you know, I reckon you can get like smallish games knocked out in half an hour um, as a result of that. So... So my my question is how how is there casualty removal? There is, yeah. When you get to uh, armor zero, I think, right, uh, or whatever your defensive stat is, when that gets to zero, the models oh, removed. I see. Okay. So if you, it could be that you know you get three crits on a unit is dead. Sure. Uh, because you get to choose, okay. uh, but you might choose their firepower because they might be a threat in a different way, or you might choose their movement because they need to get to a. a you know, an objective or something. Well, yeah, yes, weirdly, I imagine um, not killing transports is actually quite effective, just limiting their movement. Would yeah. Be, or yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whatever other function they have. Yeah, okay, okay. Oh, I yeah, I, re- I really like how elegant that is. And it's it's stuff that I've toyed with before, like in terms of the concept of like, oh, lowering stats as you go and, you know, adding dice together in order to get hits. But it's just... More is simpler and more elegant and streamlined than the ways that I thought of doing it. Um, sure, I mean, there's, there's an element of record keeping that would slow things down in a certain way, but, um, but then you're, you're running so choice. few elements, you, you it is a small number of elements that you that you run in a game. I, I don't do small amounts of models, though. I know you don't, yeah, yeah. I no, it's interesting. I have a bunch of elder epic elder stuff around that would be really nice for that. Yeah, I've got some orcs. I've also got uh, some, oh, what is it, drop zone commander that might be suitable as well. Um, mm. I was kind of hoping that it would work for 15 mil. And of course it would. You can put 15 mil down. But yeah. when you're talking about measuring uh, like 12 inches is like long range, 15 mil starts to feel a little bit wrong there. Yeah, and then you have to, to do conversion if you want to make the distance feels better. And that sort of loses the elegance. Yes, yeah, you, d- you don't want to be playing it at like 28 mil and uh, doubling all the, or rather halving all the numbers that you need to hit. And stuff. Yeah, or tripling all the range or, or all sorts of yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, I mean, that's another rabbit hole we could go down, like the feel of range of weapons. But um, So no, no weapon in the game that. has, uh, none of the weapons in the game has a maximum range. Um, oh, you just need to add up those scores, of course, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which, which is fine. Like again, it's it's a streamlining, or if you you, know, you could say dumbing down or whatever. But yeah, it gets the effect pretty. Uh, mm-hmm. No, I think, I think that's that's a depth and complexity there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I'm all for like my, diving my favorite into video. I love to link to people. Um, which is, this is probably a uh, like an extra credits or something, isn't it? It is. It's my favorite video. This game isn't complex and isn't isn't doesn't have enough depth. Yeah, you you've got the two the wrong way around. It's that's fine. Here's a video. Watch it. <laughs> yeah, one of my favourite examples of uh, a game that's depth versus complexity is Arena Rex. On the face of it, it's not a complex game, but the depth, the the, the number of meaningful oh, choices God, you yeah. get, 
just spirals, perhaps to the point where it starts becoming complexity uh, in, a, in a weird way, you know, because you have so many things that you could consider. Um, sure. Yeah. yeah, like I say, that is definitely we, a whole topic. We should do that one yes. day. Yes, definitely. But I think we were meant to be talking about New 40K. Uh, Probably, yeah, like I say, point, yes. this, this is a ramble. <laughs> How long have we been talking? Do, does it tell us? Um, uh, Meeting uh, information. No. Uh, well, uh, we've been talking for about an hour. Yeah, that's yes. what I think. We'll keep going for a little bit longer. But let's talk. Let's actually talk about 4K and some painting then. Um, so, yes. uh, I don't know what what more there is to talk about with 40K. You know, I'm going to buy the box. I'm, I'm uh, interested in one aspect of their design choices this time round. Um, yeah. Although you won't find it in a written article. Um, but more on the um, the interviews with uh, Stu Black, their project lead for 40K. Or head is, of 40K. Stu, is this the same Stu Black that was my regional manager when I worked there? The, the one who refused to give me a job, yes. Oh, really? The, the guy who was <laughs> like, yeah, you probably... Well, he said to my manager, so does that guy look professional? Like, if you're going to hire him, that's fine. But, you know, do you think he maybe needs to get rid of the red dreadlocks? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> bit, of, he, bit of an odd character <laughs> well i was the odd character in that situation but yeah yeah okay so go on tony you were, I, I, I took us off point this time no no that's fine um i'll just remember that one that's one for me um <laughs> uh, so they were they were very aware that games of 40k weren't finishing in the two and a half hours recommended for two thousand points yeah. Now I can I can only imagine they got this information. There, there aren't many feedback points for 40k's game. It's not like a computer game where you get you can tell get Steam to tell you certain information. There's no big data, yeah. Mm. No, which is uh, very interesting. But they do have tournaments. And I think a lot of feedback from those were we can't finish games in time if I'm trying to push two hundred orcs around the table. Hmm. Yeah, that's hey, right. hey, I know someone who does some great movement trades for that. Just you know. Oh, really? Well, where, where can you find those, Ben? Oh, uh, www.mastercrafted.co.uk. Anyway. Oh, excellent. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and there, there's been lots of very small ch small tweaks to the rules, and I don't even think they're changes per se, about how interactions work. That's really going to speed things up. Okay. Uh, so they, there's a blanket increase in points across the board. So everything, all the points will be invalidated. All the books because the, they same. are yeah the books are remaining the same but they're basically a rattering the uh, the points, the points cost yeah which which they do every year anyway give or take okay um, and the example I think was a cultist going from four to six points mm -hmm. okay and an intercessor going from eighteen to nineteen points okay and they're the only examples we have so far sure but it should result in I imagine an 1,800-point army now being a 2,000-point army in about two months' time, or yeah. whenever it's released. Okay. Uh, so that was that was one uh, change. There's another little tweak, is that the 2,000-point game has gone up to a recommended three hours. Okay. Um, so that's that's more of an overt one that everyone seems to have missed, I'm, I'm pretty sure. That's, that's an interesting thing because, of course, when you're running a tournament, that is pushing you with no breaks and no uh, 
no time to like move between tables. If you wanted to get three games in in a day, that's nine hours. That's nine hours. Yeah, uh, I think that's, so that's um, that's really interesting. I wonder if they'll be running their tournaments at fifteen hundred. Um, I I've always thought it runs better at fifteen hundred, and the yeah. the old argument it, it crept to seventeen fifty because then you get to put a land raider in your army. Land raiders yeah. two points. No one took land raiders unless you made the points to seventeen fifty. And that's not how you fix that. That's not no. how you fix that. Um, <laughs> no, you mandate everyone bringing a land raider. I mean, look, as a t- as a TO, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, as a TO, upping the points value like that is possibly the way that you fix that. As a designer, it's obviously not. Um, no, so yeah. they they've done a few other things. So, have you seen the new recommended gaming board size? I've I've no? seen the, some scuttlebutt oh. around it. Sorry, I'll, I'll rephrase that to the correct wording, which was the minimum sized yes board. Important, important difference there. So it's basically um, multiples of the kill team mats, isn't it? Um, I've been told that's not correct, but I can't really. Oh, I, I okay. think you have one in arm's distance. Um, let me see if I can measure that and talk at the same time. You probably can't. I mean, this is one of those things that I think if people really care, they probably already know this. Um, I I don't know. I'm interested. No, oh, okay. Uh, but essentially, uh, the recommended size cuts a foot off lengthwise and four mm-hmm. inches. Width-wise, okay. So, Wait, it's, so it's going from sixty. Hello. Oh, so no, no, a foot off width-wise, and yeah, that makes sense. And four inches off. So, um, yeah. yeah, okay, okay. So those armies that rely on not being in close combat or short range um, will not be able to do so. Yeah, they haven't got as much. Place if everything's to closer together, you can hit each other faster. Yeah. Okay, um, which sure. is, I, I I can see that speeding games up because there's less manoeuvre room. So an interesting thing, like a finer point here, maybe, or maybe it's a big point. I don't know. Um, is that whilst you have recommended table sizes, when you deploy, we've always had this thing, and it's it's pervasive through uh, many war games. If you deploy twenty four inches apart, and yes. some some forty k has had like well, actually it's eighteen inches because of a you know some some geometry. But but generally, if you're playing like I'm on this straight line on this long edge and you're on the opposite, it's been twenty four inches apart. Um, is that also cut down, or is it simply the table size will be smaller? Because obviously okay, there's so a lot of mats everywhere which people have already bought. Gaming clubs, we're certainly not going to like cut our mats down. Because uh, no. that's ridiculous. So yeah, masking tape costs a quid. It's not hard to. Um, <laughs> to but it's this also one like out. it's the deployment distance apart, which is which is most relevant. But I also you can so if you're like point. if you're tower, you can hide in the corner of a large board. So so it's the, sort of both the, of them, isn't it? We haven't. We've only seen one preview mission, which has a deployment style to the old cleanse. Oh mate, don't. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, so it's, uh, it's I can it's open 12 my book inches. right next to me, but I'd have to turn the light on in the room now. So. Indeed. Um, so I don't know if I'm honest, but it seems that it's following the Age of Sigmar route, which is all measurements are from the centre of the board. Okay. Sure. So it, it doesn't matter what board size you're on, you will always be a set distance from your opponent. But whether that's 18 I mean, that, or 24 that's... or a mix... As far I, as I can remember, that's being 40k. You, you, you are, you know, 
12 inches away from the center line or whatever so yeah they're not they're, there's a thing in 40k they're very reluctant to allow first turn charges yeah i get yeah, that I so get one that. of my biggest frustrations one of the reasons i stopped playing 40k was uh the i do all my stuff then you do all your stuff so if you lose the role for the first turn and uh your opponent is able to for instance teleport now, to uh gray knight big dread dread knights or whatever they are sure. um with uh like big incinerator cannons and i've got a bunch of guardian elder who it doesn't matter if they're in cover or not and i start my turn one with 30 percent of my army dead um I've made no meaningful choices other than deployment, but there's there's minimal you can do there because I can cling to cover, but he's got great big fucking flamethrowers that can teleport. So what's like I it was so frustrating that I just didn't have input. So it I I can't be sure about this bit because I haven't seen the full rule book. Well of course. But yeah. it, it it looks like it's already decided who has the first turn. Okay set up so there's no dice roll in that regard there's no modifiers to it and it also looks like seize the initiative has gone okay um which i was never keen on because it's it was just a janky roll of six and win yeah, yeah it was it would just do weird swingy things that you yeah aren't good yeah look, like ben said not so good for so i've taken these meaningful choices and we're going to put them in this nice little bin and stamp and stamp and stamp. Well, it's a game which rewards and has is struggled with this for a long time, but it still seems to reward, you know, like the Death Star configuration. And eight yes. made that worse with its bubbles in many ways. Yeah. Like, oh, well, here's Rowboat Girlingman and all his shooty guys within this bubble of him. So you've got this just bubble of death moving around. If that goes first, the amount of damage it can put out means that the opponent is starting their first turn already like annoyed they haven't moved a model yet and with like let's say 20 to 30 percent of their army dead even if they're the softer targets it's a bummer yes um now a certain i would have preferred to have seen um the new apocalypse rules where casualty removal is done at the end of the turn but hmm. i think that would probably been too big a jump uh, well, I, I would like to see I'm, I operate, I move a unit, you move a unit, and characters allow you to move multiple units at the same time, sort of thing. So yeah. if, if you're in a character's bubble, then he's, let's say he's a lieutenant, there's, there's only a couple of those in the game, but you know, if you happen to see a lieutenant on the Primaris army, uh, that he could activate two units, let's say, and they move with him, and that would have been a really cool system for a, me. A, a command a stand, could basically. activate three. Yeah. Um, well, they, like they have got a command phase, but it's not what you guys would probably imagine a command phase is. It's, it's, it's the gaining of command points, isn't it? And then you use those to do stuff. I like that sort of system as well. Um, I just don't like it when someone gets to do all their shit before I get to do anything. It's. I'll tell you what, that's that's the biggest thing putting me off playing mm. ninth. Um, and I have uh, a couple of... We'll go on to those in a minute. Um, <laughs> But, you know, if this doesn't pan out, I, I imagine myself making a tidy little profit on them. So sure. I, I, I'm literally quids in. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll play a couple of games anyway, mate, won't we? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so uh, the, the jankiness aspect. So, um, again, going back to that time management piece, uh, they identified that Overwatch, there was no downside for rolling it. No, you just get to roll your sixes. 
Yeah, yeah. you, you yeah. should always do that. Yeah, always do that. Uh, chances of uh, 30 shooter boys actually hurting a Night Titan, zero. Yeah. Um, but you can waste a lot of time. And it's not a meaningful choice. It's not a meaningful choice. It, it's it's happening. And this um, is what now games is, should be, meaningful choices. You hmm. you now have to use a command point and yeah. Overwatch is a stratagem. And can you only use it once per turn? Currently, yes, unless you have another rule saying otherwise. So I imagine Tao will oh, get one yeah. where everyone can. Yes, yeah, Tao will yeah. get it. Tao might even get certain units who can, or upgrades where they can do it without spending a command point. So I've seen a lot of memes going around of like, oh, look at the Tao players who are going to be crying. It's like, you guys, you've seen one tiny, tiny little article in which they say that Tao get bonuses towards doing Overwatch. So come on, let's, but hey. If the internet and, is memes. And I think the, the, the other most critical change which annoyed me the most about Ape was the change to Lookout Sir. Uh, okay, you're going to have to help me out because I cannot remember okay, the differences so, so between the various editions. Previously, if a model had less than 10 wounds and it was a character, you couldn't target it unless it was the nearest visible enemy unit. Yeah, yeah. that sounds so, fairly standard. If... And it led to some very uh, um, uncinematic moments. 40k yeah. is, a, is a, a setting where heroes lead from the front. Not yes. in the game, it isn't. Exactly. <laughs> no. Um, so there's been a tweak to that rule, and you only get that if you're within three inches of a friendly monster, vehicle, or unit of three or more models. Okay. So now it actually works cinematically, I suppose, would be. And I hate that term because it's a game and that has nothing to do with cinema. Well, that's what yes. cinematically means. Is, is, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. It, 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 game, games should be games and cinema should be cinema and that's fine. Yes. Um, I see what you mean. Um, yes, it, they are different mediums for a reason. Well, yeah, but if something feels... I mean, they, they want it to feel like a Marvel movie, like a moment in the Marvel movie, you know? That's Sure. How, didn't they try that with D&D in 4th edition? Oh, they mate, tried to make it me. World of Warcraft, the board game? Uh, that does me. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it's very MMO-inspired. I actually really like the rule set, but I quite like the rule set for as a basis for a miniatures game, which is what it is. Yes. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And that's fine. That's fine. Um just it wasn't a very D and D type experience. Not necessarily, no. Um, anyway, and the the final big change was finally recognizing that not everyone has access to big line of sight blocking terrain, which is essential in forty k, and they don't yeah. sell any. <laughs> well, the removal of uh, of like area terrain, essentially, or you had to yeah, be so entirely yeah. okay. That is, they literally brought area train back. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I'm 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 sad that I've got this book down here, which I've only used a few times, but that's my own bloody fault. Um, yeah, you can't even eBay it now. I don't. I don't. It's fine. It can sit on the shelf. You know, maybe I'll pulp it one day. But um, I mean, it's in really good nick, <laughs> so maybe I'll keep it for thirty years. It's um, a bad I've got two in cellophane. <laughs> well, I mean, see you in thirty years, Tony. See what the bidding war's like. So oh, I mean, okay. for, for me, like I've got 
what have I got? I've got four armies. I've got an old Space Marine army. I've got my Primaris army. I've got Elder and I've got Necrons. So I'm going to buy the starter set and I'm going to just bolster my existing armies. Um, I've got ideas about repainting my Necrons, which is stupid and someone should tie me down and slap it out of me. But uh, we'll see what happens. I, I'll, I've, I've, I've done a lot of Zenith base coating on my Primaris, mm. so I might actually get some painting done. Um, it's this difficulty of like having airbrush in one place and then liking to paint downstairs that sometimes turns um, me out. So I'm going to use that as a clumsy segue that I'm pointing out right now to talk about how much painting you've done because we need to probably not run into two hours of podcast. Well, I mean, I don't mind, but if you insist. <laughs> Look, people have probably stopped listening already, mate, so maybe we just keep ah. going. But <laughs> So uh, Ol and I both pretty crap at getting around to painting lots of models. You, however, seem to yeah. find it difficult to paint fewer than like four armies a year. Um, so you you say that, but so far I am well below last year's painting score. Okay. Because last year I managed to paint nearly 900 minis. Um, and, <laughs> and so far this year I've not hit 300, so I'm not even halfway. Well, you better sort your shit out. I had. Um, but what I will say is I've, because I have no pressure on me, I've I've just started to really up my quality as much as I can. Cool. Hmm. Um, and I think um, you, know, uh, you know the only sort of feedback loop I have is Twitter and the occasional nice hmm. comment. Uh, so that's worked out really well. So yes, I. So just before lockdown, I I did a bit of a blunder, and sold <laughs> off all my unpainted stuff. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Just there's just so much, so much stuff here. I just need to get rid of it, and I'll, I'll just get a few little projects in. And what's what's this virus? Oh, and all dear. the shops have shut, and Games Workshop is shut, and oh my god! I, I knew it must be bad because I got an order in from you. <laughs> I've even used some of it. I know, um, but I, I did get hold of some stuff. So I got I managed to get hold of an old Apocalypse box set of Primer Space Marines. Um, so I now have a very small Ultramarines force. Okay. I've seen, I've seen the, these Primaris miniatures. I'm just confused by this Primaris Apocalypse box set. So I, when they, when Apocalypse they... almost completely passed me by, so I, I'm not really... I know they've got funky movement tracks, but that's all I know. They it's, it, uh, they had a set of promotional boxes, so they had an Eldar one. It was basically lots of the same unit in a box. So the okay. Primaris one was uh, a captain, three squads of intercessors and a dreadnought. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I've I painted up most of that. I think there's ten inter- there is ten intercessors left. So that gave me an option to paint all three different types of bolt gun. Mm-hmm. Um, all the limited edition lieutenants that I've accrued. <laughs> uh, I have two thousand points if I use all of the characters. <laughs> I want to know if uh, how many if you field every lieutenant that they've released. How big's your army? Like, how many points is it? That's what I'd like to know. Uh, Let's not calculate it now, but I think it would be interesting. I I did work it out. I think it's 1,800 points. (laughs) Bloody hell. That's Um, amazing. Please take that to a tournament. Uh, tempting look at, um, look at all these bubble abilities that only work on other characters right now. (laughs) I, I just have to shout movie marines really loudly. Yeah. Um, 
Yes. Uh, I mean, how, how much of my stuff have you seen? Is there anything you wanted to talk about in particular? No, really, it's more generally like, I think maybe one day we actually get you back for a podcast about like your approach to painting and, and uh, yeah, I think maybe we get you back to talk about like, I, I have we even done it before? I can't remember talking about like just getting lots of minis painted. Maybe we talked about that the first time we talked, had you on. I think we were meant to. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. I guess like you, you've actually been painting whilst uh, whilst on lockdown. Whereas I've actually found the lack of games has taken away my yes uh, impetus to to paint. Um, you yeah, know, it's, it's been it's been an opportunity for me to catch up on um, techniques and styles I wouldn't normally use. Sure. So I'm, so, I'm normally in such a rush to get my next tournament army done. I don't get the chance to actually practice anything. So, I mean, you you can't beat a box of Space Marines to learn how to paint miniatures. Sure. Uh, there's there's so many techniques you can do on them. Um, they can be quite unforgiving as well, because if you just slap a wash on them or just oh, slap contrast terrible. paints on them, they will be like, oh, how about this blotch? <laughs> yeah, tide marks are an issue there. Yeah, yeah. I think this is this is one of the problems that GW had with contrast paints is that they showed them being used on Space Marines a lot, where actually they're not. I mean, you don't, you totally can use them, but it's certainly not one thing to fit coat. No, um, I mean one thing I've I've actually bought a lot more contrast over lockdown mm -hmm. uh, and been experimenting a lot more, and I've actually incorporated them a lot more into my painting than I thought I would do at least. So there's basically two different types of contrast paint. Okay. Uh, there's a really high opacity one and a really low opacity one. So one's um, incredibly good for glazing and blending colours together and just adding a, adding a little bit of extra depth to something. And the other one's, well, I mean, I use the black to just paint black. doesn't matter what it's over. Oh, yeah. that's or interesting. Or as a pin wash. Okay. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. And then the different thinning mediums you use actually affects the contrast differently. Interesting. Yes. I I probably I probably need to pop into GW when uh, when it makes more sense to do so and actually have a have a play around because obviously contrast paints coming in large pots means that it's quite an investment to just try them out. Yeah. Uh, I, I, mean, I, I would sorry, yeah. No, you go, mate. I, I would recommend picking up Black Templars, which is their black. Okay. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm in love with, uh, what's this one called? Ethermatic Blue. Okay. Uh, oh, yes, that's, that's the one you've been using on your Mechanica stuff, is it? Yes, I've been using that as a glaze, though. Okay. Uh, to bind all the other colours together. Um, Interesting. See, I, I've gotten really into using um, the Vallejo glaze medium. Uh, and using that with airbrush paints, uh, so you're already coming in a little bit thinner. And then yeah, the, the Valero airbrush, airbrush paints are lovely paints to work with. Yeah, and so both the the Rhino and the Lion that I was telling you about, I did loads oh, yeah. of loads of glaze work with those uh, because it allows you to like add that depth. But then because you've got the glaze medium medium on, what the glaze medium does is it, it does thin. And obviously it breaks that surface tension so you can glaze with it, but it also uh, is a slight retarder on the drying. Mm. So you can you can just go around half a model, just put it into all the little uh, crevices that you want it in, 
and then clean your brush off, uh, you know, dry it a tiny bit, maybe keep a little bit of water on there, and then you can just start pulling the glaze out of those cracks, which means you get that little gradient working for you. Sure. Um, so yeah, that sounds like contrast paints can be used in a similar way. Um, that's essentially so what I'm doing there. Uh, a really good video to watch is um, Duncan Rhodes, the yeah. XGW painter. Uh, he has his own channel on YouTube now, yeah. and his his advice on how to use contrast um, is just top notch. There's, there's some really good. Uh, tips I have and watched one there. video on it um, where actually he did two thin coats of uh, contrast, uh, which that like, turns out is just a good way to approach painting anyway. Uh, yeah, yes. I, I need to check out more of his stuff. I, I honestly, I don't often look to external sources when trying to push my painting, um, which I should do more, uh, honestly. Uh, but yeah, I need to try them out. Um, I think with those Necrons, I want to, I want to introduce some more like bone color because I basically, I sprayed them with Army Painter chain mail, gave them all the black wash and then painted some panels white and some little bit green because it was like, oh, I'm going to get this army done for a tournament. And I did. Yes, I remember. But, but was, the, was the tournament the next day? No, no, it was months <laughs> away, but I knew who I was. Um, <laughs> hey, look, they it's all had custom resin cast bases. Yeah, absolutely. And they did, they did have custom resin cast bases back when I was casting in polyester, which anyone who knows anything about resin casting probably feels for me there. Um, so yeah, I, I'm probably going to revisit them, and I was thinking I might, I might add some bone in, which is it will, should be really easy uh, using contrast paints to do that. Uh, and I won't do it with my old miniatures; I'll do it with the new ones, and then if I feel like propagating it, that's fine. You, you, I'm I'm looking at my second edition Necron army now. Oh yeah, and I'm I'm thinking I might have to upgrade. <laughs> those are some nice nice new models there they're bringing out there's also from a gameplay point of view you're probably not able to field very many units suboptimal would be the word <laughs> yeah. uh, so oh, well, i mean yeah. I, I i suggested we talk about painting just because you until like the last what, 20 minutes or so you've been painting while while we've been talking yes uh, which that's a good idea. Maybe I should have done that. I don't know. I've got a good light yes, here. I, it's not plugged I in. I stopped because the paint was drying. Um, it's rude to turn the hairdryer on whilst. <laughs> that will not uh, work well. That, no. might, that might set Ben off. As the person doing the editing, yeah. I, I, it, I might it'll impact, it'll impact on the you. sound quality. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, I uh, got a chance to try out some new brushes as well. Because oh, yeah. um, that was something I was thinking. Uh, so I, I uh, used a lot of very cheap nylon brushes before and they weren't holding up so well for the detail work. So I uh, ordered some Winsor & Newton Series 7s. Mm. Um, and I remember... They used to be amazing. Much, it used to be, yes. Yeah, and now I they're just sort anymore. of... They're solid. So uh, I, I find that they're just hit and miss is what I find now. I don't know if you, you've probably watched it, but there is a five to 10 minute documentary out there on how Winsor & Newton used to make their Series 7s. 
Now they may still make them in that way, but you watch that video and you think, Jesus Christ, I know why they charge 12 quid for a paintbrush. But I think yes. the demand has increased for them so much that they have had to outsource or at least restructure the way that they make these brushes. And QA has suffered. Uh, it's as simple as that. People are getting brushes where they split immediately. Like you don't even put paint on them. You just, you just get water on them and you're like, oh, I've got a bifurcated uh, tip. That's fantastic. Thanks. Um, but some people are still, are still getting good brushes out of them. But at, at nine to 12 quid a pop, who wants to take that gamble? Yeah, you want some, some slightly more consistency than that. I think what, some... the, the last batch I got were, I mean, they're holding their points okay. I'm just not feeling the points not quite right. Okay. Um, so, you know what, it's fine. They, they're good enough for putting base coats on. on some sort of... Yeah. <laughs> uh, that sounds really bad. Um, I mean, a, they're good for general layering work rather than detail work so yeah, yeah, you yeah. could put a, a, a base coat on there quite smoothly and quite efficiently um but actually getting doing some fine lines on it it's not yeah. quite um, it's funny because i remember about 10 years ago you introduced me to the winter newton series sevens and uh i think the next day at work you, you were like oh have you used them i was like oh yeah i tried it out I did some base coating and you were like what you did base coating i was like well yeah but like i wasn't just slapping it on i wasn't no, I was <laughs> placing it with some care. Um, I've, I've been using broken toed uh, brushes recently. Mm. Uh, so they did a really cool Kickstarter recently with like Labyrinth and Dark Crystal miniatures and busts oh. and stuff. Uh, but he, uh, Chris, does some, some pretty nice brushes. Uh, they're worth taking a look at. Um, I think other people use is it Rosemary and Co. Is that right? And yes, da Vinci. Yes, something like that. Yeah. So I, I was going to get onto those. Um, I did try one other brush beforehand. Yeah. Uh, which was the Artis Opus ones. Yes. So and, I don't know much about hmm. them, but I'm very wary of the number of Kickstarters recently, which or recently, the last couple of years, which have been like, oh, hey, look at these new brushes. They're going to be amazing. And I, I'm not sure I want to back on kickstarter a brush i need i need to hear reviews and there are lots of uh what do you call it it's not reviews it's uh when people recommend testimonials them. testimonials thank you um not quite the same thing so yeah good to long. I, I interrupted um well yeah much like yourself i wasn't too sure i saw a lot of uh people i respect on the painters side mm -hmm. um saying they were fantastic and like mm. Not too sure because they wouldn't be using them before they came out. Mm. Um, so there's a bit of thing, you know what? Um, I, I put in an Element Games order anyway, and uh, fifteen pound for a size two brush. Oof. Very, very pricey, and wow. um, it lasted three miniatures. You're kidding me. And then it was it's, it's basically a makeup brush now. Wow. Um, I, I, I wrote to the company. Yeah. Um, and after a wait of three, four, day, four days, okay. uh, they said they send me out a replacement. Um, same thing happened again. Um, it lasted seven miniatures, though. So, all right, so it's doubled its life. Getting better. 
getting better and at that point it's like you know what I think I think there's a lot of marketing and not a lot of substance yeah with that brand um, this is the thing that, are, that I know that you don't mistreat your brushes if they're of that quality uh, uh, sorry price I separate price and quality in my head um yeah that's unfortunate I mean, I know for a long time you were talking about just buying lots of cheap brushes and just smashing through them, like because then you don't have to worry yep. about brush care. Uh, but and that works for like laying down base colours and and so on. But then when you start getting into detailing, obviously this is what you were saying right at the beginning of this section. Like, yeah, there's this is this is terrible podcasting material. But I'm currently yeah, I am not recording the video, so uh, <laughs> uh, some really cheap brushes from the works for three pounds, and they are perfectly sufficient for like, throwing paint on them. And not really caring where it goes. That's that's not. I suppose what that's what. Like. I suppose that's what uh, you give your son to paint with. Yeah. Um, no, he's got the Games Workshop brushes because they came. Oh, okay. oh, ah, yeah. oh yes, but those are. Um, I, I've actually I've got two of the Conquest brushes and they're okay for a couple of minutes. Oh, if, if you got they, this subscription, you got a load of brushes with it. That's. They're not um, wooden they're handles. The, I think they're like cardboard yes. rolled handles. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not not. That not right. sounds. They're fine um, for what they are. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, uh, I did what the internet suggested, and I moved on to Rosemary and Co. Yeah. Um, and you know what? For the price, I'm bloody impressed. Okay. Hmm. Um, I think they're so one of the ones I haven't tried. So I think each brush was less than a fiver. Okay. So I went for a selection of zero, one, and two because um, paintbrush sizes are not universal. Yeah. Um, I mean, how to describe it? Right, they they do feel cheap. Weirdly, okay. the handles. Um, mm. The handle is nowhere near as thick as the Windsor and Newton one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they and the the printing on them does, does not look very fancy. I don't know how well okay. that shows. No, that's not going to work on your phone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but they, they, they look more like a budget line. And for the price, they are definitely a budget line if you're buying stable brushes. Yeah. Um, in terms of performance, um, blown away. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot the more There's a lot more spring in the brush than I'm used to. Okay. Mm. Um, so normally you're Windsor and Newton or and any other brushes they're quite stiff when you're layering paint on but the the rosemary ones they 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 are almost bent to 90 degrees before the hairs split at the end huh. which i've not seen on a brush before that from, from the something. video that you had there yeah they looked um <clears throat> looked like quite a long uh, bristle I, I can't remember what the, the term is but yes yeah, so it means it can carry more uh more paint though as well yeah yeah there's a lot more flexibility and, and uh flexibility isn't necessarily a good thing but um the ability to go back to its shape mm -hmm. its strength. um yeah for the price i i think i'll be sticking with them for a little while okay cool i um i, I do have some da vinci which uh i think my mum was at an art shop somewhere and she just bought me Oh, I don't know. It must be like six brushes of different sizes uh, by Da Vinci. And I've had them for years. Um, a couple of them are like died as I've gone on. But I think they're a bit pricier than the Rosemary & Co. But uh, they, they've been decent. Um, 
But like I said, I'm trying out these broken toad at the moment, which uh, hmm. they have an interesting one. They've got a spear tip. So it starts out flat, but it ends up going to a point. So rather than being round yes. and going to a point. Uh, and I think the idea is that it can hold more paint while still okay. being fairly accurate. Um, uh, okay. Uh, do they only sell directly? Because I know Rosemary only sell direct. They may do. They may only do direct. I can't remember. I all my. I, I think all mine are Broken Toad uh, Series Two, like the second, like the Mark Two, but they're onto the Mark Three now, which is. Sure. I think it's generally a delineation of moving suppliers. Uh, but sure. I'm not sure. For a long time, they couldn't actually get the sable to produce the brushes. Oh. Um, but yeah, no, they can right now. Right then. Uh... Yeah, I, sorry, it went quiet because I went to get a brush and I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if you can see it's that it's sort of shape. flat and then goes wide. Uh... Uh, it doesn't show up very well now. Yeah, anyway, I think, I think great, great podcast content. content. Yeah. I should look it's something a, up on the internet. It, really. it, it, it could be could be worse. One of the podcasts I uh, listened to used to do uh, memes. Oh, oh great. God, really? <laughs> it did do a, uh, a, a Dune meme, and it was just like, this is totally obscure, and it's a visual reference. Excellent. <laughs> What we should do is obviously take a look at people's painted miniatures and just describe them and then and then review them. I'm sure that'd be fantastic. <laughs> I was um, I was very entertained to see uh, some of my shoulder pads turn up on the uh, the Warhammer Twitch channel. Uh, that was pretty cool. Um, you know, well, they were they <laughs> they were hard to spot. Uh, to be fair, uh, but yeah, that was pretty cool. Well, they look like shoulder pads. Turns out, yeah, that's the aim. Uh, oh, so I've started dry brushing just now, yeah. which reminds me. Um, don't bother buying artist opus dry brushes if you see them. As far as dry brushes go, buy buy cheap brushes. But you're going to ruin them anyway. Uh, yeah. So the one I'm using literally right now, uh, I was going through Lidl, and they had buy one get one free on one pound makeup brushes. <laughs> sure. Um, so it's, it's worth pointing out that you're using that for scenery. Rough. You're using that for scenery, right? Now. Um, yes. Um, well, here's here's my uh, miniature. Here's one for miniatures dry brushing. It's got a nice little chisel tip. Yeah. And I've got. Yeah, that's uh, considerably smaller. And uh, <laughs> this is going to be some great. Uh, a double-ended one for uh, gold dry brushing and silver dry brushing. Well, I'm, I'm not going to judge Tony. <laughs> well, you know, all lifestyle choices and that. <laughs> I did quite like the idea of those uh, double-ended paintbrushes because quite often when I'm doing the whole glaze and then pull the glaze out, uh, you know, thing out of the recess, I actually have two brushes on the go, one laying the glaze in and then I quickly flip round to another one to pull the glaze out. Uh, so the idea of a double-ended one was pretty cool, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't, I can't remember who made those or if they were any good. Oh, I do remember something about it. No, it's, it's, that was a long while ago, though, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. It came on like a sword rack sort of, sort of affair. But, uh, oh. <laughs> anyway, um, we were sort of at the time where we where we need to wrap up. Um, I think I'm quickly going to just say about video games because uh, 
I've been playing a little bit of Red Dead Redemption, but I'm not going to talk about that. But Ol uh, and I, along with Adam and Graham, who've both been on the podcast before, uh, we've been playing Ashtonir once a week. I don't know if you've heard of it. So that's, it's uh, what we no. do on Tuesdays these days. It's basically, yeah, Tuesday evening, um, unless someone says, hey, do you want to do it an extra night? Uh, but it's basically you get stranded on a planet and you can mine on the planet and terraform it and you build a base up and then you start flying to other planets so you can get different resources so you can build a bigger base so eventually you can solve this mystery thing um and for me it's just been it's kind of dumb <laughs> but it's you can get four people in there and just uh we've been talking about 40k for over an hour it's okay to well, do that exactly. <laughs> it's the, the, it's so funny because all four of us are so on brand when we're playing it it's yeah. hilarious i i was trying to figure out in my head who i wanted to invite to it because i was the person who was like oh we should play astro here um and yeah it was funny because i think all was the last person to join the first session but adam and graham joined graham just sort of faffed around for ages not really like knowing what the hell he was going to do <laughs> I didn't know where Adam was, and it turned out that he had just started digging and was mining somewhere and then got lost. And then Ol joins and goes, right, so what's the plan of action? And I was like, I don't know. Those guys are fucked off. I'm just organising the base. <laughs> yeah, but ben, ben does organising. Graham gets lost and then dies. <laughs> um, Adam, Adam just picks something and goes for it. And I go like, right, okay, so the next checkpoint thing we're supposed to do is this let me go and find things for that yeah it's great like we, we went to a new planet the other day and uh and and just i we were like trying to get okay we're getting all our stuff together so that we can do this thing it's like where's adam adam are you there mate he's like oh yeah yeah i'm here i just started digging <laughs> and he's a dwarf every planet we go to oh, okay. he's just like i'm just gonna go straight down let's see what i can find Graham will just drive off into the distance and then forget like he does because you can you have a compass you can only look at it when you're not on a vehicle but he'll jump on a vehicle and then just drive off in a direction not noting what direction that is and then we'll be like oh no we're near the alien structure and he'll be like I'm next to an alien structure well like, yeah it's not the same one mate <laughs> it's entirely possible that you're on the other side of the planet oh, or wait, wait, wait. in some Which cases a different planet <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh yeah he went he went to join us and he went to a different planet the other day that was great it's it's been really fun um i've really enjoyed it it's really hard to play for only two hours though like we, we've started to get to the point where we can like tick something off our list in, within two hours yeah uh in fact we ticked a couple of things off last time but um yeah yeah looking but to sort it, of power it, through on that and get to the end def- game yeah it's it's been quite good fun but i know the the social interaction in that game definitely makes it. Yeah, oh, 100%. I watched a couple of people play it together and it was their social interaction that made me want to get a group of us on because I just knew it would be hilarious. Um, yeah, that's, that's been very good. I have been playing one other thing which is called Dicey Dungeons and it's basically a dungeon crawler, but it's a dice game uh, and that's on PC and people should try it. It is good fun. I'm not going to really go into it. Yeah, I'm I'm playing Path of Exile because Still. I like ginormous skill trees. Yeah, apparently. 
You've so, been playing that for a while, haven't you? I mean, I've, I've been playing it on and off for four or five years. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Um, started the new league Thursday, and I've just booted up the new one just to see mm-hmm. the new thing, which is um, sort of Stardew Valley meets Diablo. Oh, okay, sure. So you farm more... I, I, I don't know how it works. I haven't gotten to that bit yet. I've literally just started. But you make a garden that grows monsters that you then fight. Right, okay. Yeah, no, that, that, that rings a bell with some, some other sort of like 2D stuff that I've heard of. So, yeah. um, and then did drop crafting mods because uh, I like I like fairly complicated games of that type and yeah. this is a lot. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Awesome. Well, I think we should uh, we should call it there. That seems reasonable. And uh, I hope that someone has got something out of this chat. <laughs> I, I think human interaction has been great, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's been nice to catch up. Um, yeah, yeah, it's been good. Yeah, maybe maybe we think about doing this uh, a little bit more frequently than once every six months or whatever it's been. But I talk about this and then organisation is the problem. It's so hard to get round to. Yeah, I'd like to be doing a podcast a week, but I also then... Ol's like, oh, are you free to do a podcast? I'm like, yeah, I know, I've sort of got this other thing to do. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for the chat. Oh, thanks yeah, for hosting us. Yeah, yeah be fun. Hopefully, this is recorded. Uh, it'll be well, quite you know now it hasn't. hasn't. Well, it's saying recording, but it only saves it properly once we end the meeting. So I can say I can stop the recording now, but it's only when I press end. So you guys don't get to see me cry, basically. <laughs> That, that's fine. Oh. It would not. It would not be the first podcast I've been on where it didn't record anything. Oh, buddy, like, oh, I've yet to times. experience this, so this might be the time. I know. Li- literally, the first podcast I was due to appear on it was an old Malifaux podcast, and we spent like an hour and a half talking, and the first three minutes had recorded. Oh. <laughs> we've, de- we've definitely lost half an hour before. Oh yeah. And we've also binned off entirely an hour and a half podcast that we recorded with Adam because it just. It was dreadful. It, yeah. Which, you know, it, it, based on people listening to this, assuming it's recorded, know that it can be worse and we have been there. <laughs> there that, that, that is a lower limit where we weren't accepted anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this is not it. Right, guys, yeah. We're definitely going to end now. So, uh, yeah, we'll talk at people again soon. Yes. Okay. Catch you later. Yeah. Find Robot Dice Explosion at robotdiceexplosion.com, at RDE underscore podcast at Twitter, and Robot Dice Explosion on Facebook.